I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network, we are the podcast of champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the podcast of champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from (laughs) uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. We have a Pac-12 champion for the podcast of champions, the Utah Utes. We're going to talk about the Utes, of course. Uh, all the bowl games, the transfer portal, Dion Prime Time, Coach Prime in the Pac-12. We got all that to get to. But Here I we... want everyone to look very closely at Ryan's eyes right now. Really? Because this, this is Hold a on. man. This is a man who woke up this morning catatonically hungover, mm. and yet here he is right now, right here, recording for you. And I, and I went to the gym this morning, which was bad, because no. then it made me feel worse, because then I got to like rest a little bit, and then yeah. come do the show. I was, ba- I was like this close to like, I can't do it. Yeah. But I'm here. Charity golf tournament, dude. Like, you can't, you can, if you're drinking for charity. Like, you were giving your liver to charity, and I appreciate that about I you. I definitely do that. Uh, yeah. We're the Podcast of Champions. If you have any questions or comments, pac12podcast at gmail.com is the email address. You can call or text us at... Four two four five three two zero six seven eight. Dial it up on your phone. Millennials, you can use it to call people. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. It's fun. You can send us a text too. I know you guys do that all the time. You can tweet us at Pac Twelve Podcast. The website is Pac Twelve Podcast dot com. Uh, go over to Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions to chat with the other POC listeners. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, anywhere you listen to the podcast, we appreciate it. You can subscribe to the show. We love that very much, but on the Apple Podcasting app, specifically leaving us a five-star review really does help us a lot. David, do we have any new reviews? We have two new reviews. Wow, we're getting a bunch of reviews. Like, Thank you all for doing those. <clears throat> this is from Jay Valdivin, a five-star mm-hmm. review. Subject line, The Other Pac-12 Podcast. I came to update my review. No worries, it's still five stars. But I must admit, I am guilty of some podcast infidelity. Mm-hmm. I listened to the other Pac-12 podcast. I know, I should be ashamed and probably deserve to die a lonely Pac-12 podcastless life. Before you throw me out, Ryan and Dave, just know that you are better than that other podcast. You at least know USC's offensive line is good and not terrible. This must have been written before yeah. the game. Uh, you at least think Caleb Williams is a better QB than a non-injured Bo, uh, Bo Nix. 
And for goodness sake, you at least know that USC is back. Forgive me for being unfaithful. I will never take you for granted. Love, John in Azusa. Oh, thanks, John. Love it. Appreciate that. And we have another one. This is a five-star review from S14AF5. What could be better than a Pac-12 podcast? Phoenix. <laughs> yes. That's it. Uh, do we have a Phoenix picture here I could put up there? All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you for the reviews. Awesome, awesome sauce. Uh, we love all that. Uh, we also love our sponsor, my bookie. Dave and I didn't get our picks right for the championship game. A pick. We only had a single pick. There weren't With, multiple championship games. A single one. Single one. Uh, we do. I was 49, uh, 40, and 2 on the season, so good overall, thanks to my bookie. And uh, Dave was 51, 38, and 2 if you want to get in there. And bet on some Pac-12 bowl action, which we're going to preview. Not preview the bowls, but we'll give you a little rundown of where the Pac-12 teams are going. You can go over to my bookie, use the promo code PAC-12, and they will match your deposit up to fifty percent. So if you have a, uh, you want to put a thousand bucks in there, they'll put an extra five hundred dollars in your deposit to go bet and have fun with. I've had a blast uh, betting with my bookie uh, this year. It's made the the picks uh, against the spread so much more fun. It's fun to compete with Dave, but it was a lot of fun when you actually got some some juice on there and you get those good weekends where you hit a parlay and stuff. I love doing those. You can do the little side bets, all that kind of stuff. You can do live betting, uh, but use the promo code PAC12 and you get in there and uh, and bet along with us. So we'll we'll keep doing the uh, the PAC12 bowl games, but if you like the NFL or anything else, you can bet all there over yeah, at yeah. my bookie as well. And uh, yeah, so go to my bookie. Um, and if you bet Ryan's picks, you've done pretty well. Yeah, but if you bet mine. You've done a little bit better. Yeah. And that's the important thing to remember that, I, yes, Ryan has done well, but I have done better. You, yes. But we're not done yet. The, you, you can't like, you know, we still got some bowl games. Yeah. yeah and, and you're going to go completely opposite. And if it's anything like last year, what that will mean is that you will drop five games behind. That, by the that end did of happen. Uh, <laughs> I almost picked Utah in the championship game just because like I need to try to like, I need to know what I my goal is. I, I don't want to be two down going to the bowl game. I want to be like. One or three, like where I could just be like, just go, you know, whatever. But I didn't, uh, right. and I should have. You really should have. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we both should have. We both yeah, got that we one both wrong. Screwed that one up. Um, it actually ended up with the single result that I said I couldn't see, which was a Utah blowout. You're you're, you're really good at this. I'm, I nail it every time. Uh, it's funny we like nailed the week before, and then we did not nail um, no. the uh, Pac-12 championship game. But we have some. Oh crap. <laughs> It's a. It was. It was muted for some reason. I'm not the only one to use the studio. We have. Like, where is that? We have a new champion. We're all about champions here. We're the podcast of champions. Mm -hmm. Is Duh. it a new champion? We we cover the conference of champions. It's a. I mean, we have a newly crowned. They were the reigning champions. They're reigning champs, but it's a new season. Mm -hmm. The Utah Utes. Kyle Winningham. Let me get some pictures. Uh, yeah. Pac-12 champs, David. Definitive champions. Winning by 23? 23 points. Um, um, they they scored the margin of victory just in the fourth quarter alone. Yeah, pretty crazy. Uh, Cam Rising, uh, you know, wasn't looking his sharpest down the stretch. Well, he did in this one again. It uh, doesn't matter. Tavion Thomas, even though ESPN said that was going to be the key to the game, which was pretty funny. But if you listen to our analysis here, yeah. On the POC, we told you that probably didn't matter. Still didn't keep us from picking USC like a bunch of dummies, yeah. but we said it wasn't going to matter. 
Right. But the Utes, uh, back at it. They are the Pac-12 champions. Uh, I was out there in Las Vegas, David. I wish you would have come. Mm-hmm. We had a little gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. Had some 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 Utes in there, uh, but mostly it was mostly USC people. Uh, we did have you know one of the other podcast shows that the No Truck Stops. We had yep. Carlos and Avery come, so it was nice to see them. I tweeted out a picture, uh, but I think everyone had a, a good time. It was going two years in a row. First of all, way way better venue than Levi's. Obviously, like, obviously the environment. It's it's the noise reverberates in there. Like I don't know if I've been in a stadium where it was like one side, like when their offense was on. Like Utah fans, it was about fifty fifty. I thought Utah fans were louder. Then they sort of kind of got quiet when USC was up like seventeen three. But then you know, roaring back, they they were really loud. And uh, but it could get loud when both sides, which which was weird because you had like half a stadium, but every you know you could have just had half the stadium filled with Utah fans. It would still be loud in there. Or half with USC fans, so it's funny that you got a lot of noise. Like you, you didn't feel like you were in this like NFL sort of, I don't know, uh, just sterile environment. Like it felt, you know, very college football-y with the bands and everything. And uh, it's just, I love the the stadium's just, you know, it's small, it's a record crowd. Um, but it was it was a really cool experience. So if you haven't, you know, if you're a fan of Utah and you didn't go or USC or anyone whoever goes to the championship game going forward. I would highly recommend it. I think this is way better. Uh, you know, we just never saw people show up yeah. to Levi Stadium. Like, it would be, I don't know, who would show up there? Like, hardly anybody. Um, I, I've always maintained, like, the Vegas venues for all of these events are way better than basically any other option. Like, the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas is so much better than the Staples Center used to be. Um, like, there's just, it's a it's a more central hub for a lot of the teams, especially Utah and Colorado being in the Pac-12. Yes. Um, so it just it makes a ton more sense. It's easy to catch a flight there, and you know people who are not fans of those teams might pre-book because they're like, "Oh, my team might be in it," and if not, I'm spending a weekend in Vegas in the first weekend of December. That's not the worst thing, right? And it was nobody's doing that for Levi Stadium. <laughs> no, there's none of that, and it was <clears throat> it was crazy. Uh, I ended up staying at Park MGM, which actually was the Utah Hotel. Um, USC was over at the uh, Resorts World. Um, but we would see a lot of people there and we got a good, like, it was nice. We got a good media rate, but man, I was looking before that just like get, get regular room rates and stuff. And I have like, you know, my MGM thing. So, you know, you usually get discount rooms. It was, you know, there was a big rodeo thing there. There was like an Amazon conference, like AWS or whatever that is, like 50,000 people for that. There's always stuff going on there, uh, in Vegas. So it was fun, but like, a uh, lot of, you know, national media members, like the whole athletic crew, uh, talked with them like Bruce and Stu and uh, D- Andy Staples and, um, yeah, Ari Wasserman. Like, what, So I was like in a shuttle with all those guys. Yeah, and a lot of people there for USC's coronation. There was there was a bunch. And maybe that's probably like the, why they were there. But there was a lot of good, you know, it was, a, it was cool, though. Like the, the environment was good. Um, the game felt... Very similar to the first time they met. Are we recapping the game now? Do you want to do that? Yeah, or is we can. That, it's just in general, like, you know, USC getting a two-score lead and then having opportunities, they get a fumble, and they could go up three scores yep. and don't. And it was that was the same thing. They just couldn't get that. If you get that early separation, you know, it's probably a different game. They weren't able to do it, and Utah, you know, fought back, fought back, fought back in the first game. And this one, 
fought back, fought back, but then it was like USC wasn't fighting. In that one, USC and Utah were fighting back. This was like Utah fought back and kept fighting back, and USC stopped fighting back. And so that was – but the early on, it felt very similar that USC couldn't like – you got the early lead and couldn't get the bigger separation to sort of like try to put it away. Yeah, it was um, it was a really interesting game. I mean, I think you can't actually so the the first one. I think you could talk about it without the refereeing because you gave up you know sixteen catches on sixteen targets to Dalton Kincaid. Make your defense play better. This one, I don't think you can really talk about it fairly without acknowledging that Caleb Williams was hurt on the second drive for USC. Um, you you saw it live watching him run the fifty nine yards downfield, and then suddenly at the end he's like half jogging and has to drop into a slide when typically he would have been accelerating uh, past those guys. Um, and then it seemed like it got worse as the game went on, um, stopped being even remotely mobile in the pocket after halftime. Uh, I think probably, you know, letting it sit too long. Um, but he was not the same player. And so USC's offense went completely in the tank. I still think Utah probably wins that game because they came with a level of physicality on defense that I don't know that USC was prepared for. Um, and they, I would say even before USC's offensive line started dropping like flies, they were winning the line of scrimmage. Um, but uh, it would have been a different game with a healthy Caleb Williams. I think it would have been a lot closer to that um, first matchup between these two teams where it was a close game. Um, but you got to give credit to Utah. You've got to give credit to Cam Rising, who played his best game in months, <laughs> it feels like, um, since the injury. Uh, Jaquindon Jackson with the transformation to running back. Um, yeah, he looks legit. Uh, Bernard was awesome in this game, too. Um, their run game, I thought, really just controlled the game for Utah throughout. Um, they were just constantly able to run the ball. And USC's defense, um, for my money, they played their worst game of the year. Um, the missed tackles were absolutely insane. Uh, yeah. the, um, the one where... I think it was Bullock and somebody else. They decided to tackle each other instead of the uh, instead of the. I think it was a receiver. Might have been a running back. Whatever it was, um, but There's so many went went for a touchdown. Um, there was just there was a lot of just horrible horrible tackling in this game. Um, I think they had twenty five missed tackles, and they had I think it was twelve over the previous three games. So they had they'd gotten better. Yeah, like they, Utah and, and UCLA run the ball well, and they were kind of just tackling it. The biggest problem in the first matchup was the yards after contact for for Utah, and man, they just were blowing through tackles. You know, you get three, four missed tackles on a play, third and nineteen, and uh, you know you catch a pass that's short of the sticks. You just tackle the guy and it's a turnover on downs or whatever. Right. He's gonna and nope, nope, no, uh, none of that. Yeah. No, and I thought Kalen Bullock, who's been a great ball hawk this year, had a horrible game. He did uh, tackling was awful, um, and. Just seemed like I think they've been trained. Obviously, I think a lot of their uh, their focus defensively is on forcing turnovers, and you yes. saw it a bunch of times where they were trying to punch the ball out while the while the back or the receiver, whoever it is, is just dragging them for another fifteen yards. Um, just I, I think they weren't um, they weren't prepared. I don't think necessarily for how physical Utah was going to be. And this is the thing: is that I don't think Utah is the same team they were the first time these two teams played. Defensively, especially, I think Utah um, has made a big leap up. And you would have expected that from a Kyle Whittingham coach team. That their defense would improve over the course of the year. But they're a lot better now. Um, a lot more physical. A lot more physical at the line of scrimmage. Um, it was, I mean, it was a really impressive showing from Utah. Um, I think, you know, 
where you there were obviously some complications about the first one. I don't think anyone walks away from that one saying, "Oh, USC would have won," even if Caleb Williams has been healthy. Like you can't tackle like that and win a game. Yeah, I mean, you have a chance obviously because you have a lead and you Caleb Williams could keep scoring even if Utah just scores every time. But certainly, it was uh, really I you know just really impressive. The way Utah, I thought Utah just coached better. I think they made adjustments into the game better when Caleb Williams goes, you know, goes down. I think, you know, USC had five straight drives. It was like four and out, four and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And it was, okay, so Caleb Williams is hurting, but you're kind of doing the same things you were doing before. I think he got that touchdown drive that was a three-point game in the fourth quarter, which, you know, it's hard to think about that now, but that's what it was. And the USC's defense just gave up a touchdown like right away, but they went to this shorter passing game where he wasn't going to be able to get sacked every time. And uh, it worked really well, but I don't think Lincoln Riley adjusted to that injury. So to me, it's like you either have to adjust to his injury or put in Miller Moss or put in Miller Moss. And I, and I'm, I don't know where you sit on this, but it's like, I think he's a really good quarterback. You know, I get it. If you don't want to take out your Heisman guy, but he was, I, I think you were definitely hurting. It seemed like, you know, in retrospect, you were hurting your chances of winning. You were hurting the chances of winning. I think you're also hurting him. I mean, yeah. he's taken hits that he wouldn't take otherwise. Um, when he was, I think it was the third quarter when he was at his worst, like where it was clear that he'd gotten stiff in halftime. He wasn't moving at all in the pocket. And Utah was just teeing off on him. And I think at first it showed two things. One, I mean, obviously USC's offensive line was a little depleted in this one, but it showed how much of their sterling pass protection numbers had a lot more to do with Caleb Williams and his, you know, kind of elusive ability in the pocket than yeah. it does with necessarily their pass protection. Because a lot of these things, like because of his strength in his lower half, he's able to just shake off guys who are like a hundred pounds heavier than him and just continue the play. Yeah. But when he, you know, he's he's only on one leg, he can't do that. And so he was eating sack after sack. Um and it just he didn't look like the same player, and also his throws until he got adjusted, his throws were messed up too. Because again, you're a quarterback. I mean, your lower half <laughs> you is your legs. <laughs> it's a huge part of how you're throwing the ball, um, and he couldn't do it. So I think you know I, I understand it uh, for Lincoln Riley, and I'm sure there's an element where like, look, this is your star Heisman quarterback. He wants to play. What are you going to do? Tell him no. Um, but yes. You, you might have to. And I'm not saying Miller Moss is the answer. Miller Moss might have gone in there and thrown three picks. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah. You might have been able to run some version of your offense. And I don't think that happened until, again, that one drive in the fourth quarter where he put it together, um, kind of embraced just, okay, I'm, I'm tossing it and just let these guys make plays. And that worked. Um, but, yeah, I think it took too long to adjust to that or um, to put in a new quarterback. And that was, uh, that was unfortunate um, because I think – we could have seen a much closer close of game. I think we could have seen a much more interesting second half. I still think Utah would have won. Like, just to my eye, even early on, I mean, I know it was 17-3, to but they looked like, wow, they really came to play. Uh, yeah. And they were shutting down USC's run game more or less from the beginning. Uh, it was only Caleb Williams' runs that were any that were making anything happen. Austin Jones struggled. He did struggle. He was, uh, yeah, he looked really good. Um the previous two weeks, 120 yards, 158 yards, or whatever it was, and then uh, Utah really did a nice job of shutting him down. And it's funny if you were trying to shut down Caleb Williams and he gets hurt, like, and the running game was working, but they had already shut down the run game, and then you've taken out Caleb Williams and what he's able to do. But uh, really, just just for Kyle Whittingham, another impressive you know run. If you would have thought two weeks ago, you know after whatever it was, losing to 
Oregon, all the things that needed to happen just for Utah, the tiebreakers, yeah. just for Utah to make it. Uh, it's funny, in the beginning of the season, I thought we felt that the the non-division thing was going to help the Pac-12 South. Maybe it helped for different reasons, but we thought, you know, like potentially USC and Utah could meet in the championship game. That's ended up, you know, that's what ended up happening. I think I picked Utah to win the conference before right. and um, cer- certainly things changed and USC was like better than, than we had thought. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the way we saw it though. It was like USC and Utah potentially meeting uh, in the conference championship game, but it worked out that way maybe for a different reason that, you know, uh, Washington would have been a really good, you know, uh, represent, you know, well represented in the the championship game, um, but you know, the, it just took a bunch of things for Utah to get there, and then once they did, certainly took care of business. And you know, they looked they, they hadn't been at you know they looked good against Colorado, but that's Colorado, right? Um, but maybe that was you know what they kind of needed to get right, and then go into the championship game on a short week. And just, uh, you know, just play at a very high level, which we hadn't seen. Like, they didn't play like that against Oregon, you know. And uh, so that was, it was good to see. And, I, you know, you got to give Kyle Willingham a ton of credit just because he's, he's been doing this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. He had those, you know, the guys were prepared and they played well. And we hadn't seen a, a really good camp rising for a while. And uh, he was back. Yeah, and it's just a little bit of perspective on Kyle Whittingham because I think the job he's done at Utah. I mean, we we talk about it a lot, and it's not as if he he gets undersold, but it's you know give the man some flowers. He's is uh, if you ignore the COVID year, uh, it's three straight years of ten or more wins. Wow. I mean, he went eleven and three in twenty nineteen, and that was a great team. Uh, and then last year they went ten and four. For my money, this year's team, like by this point in the year, is actually a little bit better than last year's um i think they're gonna have a really good chance against penn state to win the rose bowl um and that'll be 11 and 3 if they win that one but it's just i mean this is what they were doing in the mountain west just before they came into the pac-12 yeah. like they, it, it it's taken them a while but they are now the if not the absolute class of this league number two and very clearly but like i think they're the absolute class of the league i mean I, it's hard to make a uh, a statement otherwise i mean what was the stat? They've been in five of the last six Pac-12 championship games. Was that the number? Or four of the last five? I think it was four of the last five. Um, yeah, just uh, stunning uh, to see that done at Utah. Because this is not a program that recruits at like a top 25 level consistently. Yeah. Um, it's just testament to consistency, testament to a system. Um, and uh, Kyle Whittingham being just an absolute blessed idiot. Um, okay. what he was doing with the all clock right. in this game was absolutely You're going to make insane. all the Utah fans upset again. No, no, I don't care. Uh, no, I've you, never seen a fan base more upset after a win. Utah, Utah fans, I love you all. You're so great. I don't think you do. I do love them. Uh, I don't love the ones that were in my mentions, but those aren't the people who are in this, in this, uh, in this I think some of them right might now. be. Maybe, who knows. Okay. Um, but uh, absolute blessed idiot. The end of the first half uh, <laughs> was some of the worst clock management I've ever seen that worked out. It was so cool to watch. Like, no, I'm not going to spend any of these timeouts when I sack Caleb Williams to give us more time when we've got a run-heavy offense and we're going to have to take it from our own 20 or so. I'm just going to let it ride. Then we'll have a minute and 40 to go. And instead of calling the timeouts before we get a first down, I'm going to call them after we get a first down. No, I'm not going to take advantage of that. those chains moving. No. Stop clock. Yeah. No, no. I'm just going to make it so we have literally a single play to get it in the end zone at the very end of this. And that's what happened, yeah. and it worked out. That and I've fine. never seen it happen so many times where the guy does 
the thing wrong. Like, does it all wrong? Absolutely, 100%. Less, just analytically less wrong. Right. Less miles, right? Yeah, basically. And it just works out. It's like, ah, uh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a blessed genius. That, blessed idiot genius. Yeah, you tweeted something like that, and man, they were on you. Um, yeah, and I was happy about it. Like, I was happy about him being a blessed idiot. I want to, I want, yeah, for Utah fans, like, you won two Pac 12 championships in a row. Like, don't need to feel like you're, be, you know, if someone says something that you don't feel is correct or whatever, you just, like get all over them. Like, don't be this insensitive about stuff. Just be like, yeah, Pac 12 champs. It's, it's all good. Yeah, no, just uh, if you want to, like, yeah, just go scoreboard. But, like, the number of people who immediately thought I was a USC fan because I'm, that was that. so funny. And I'm like, like I, no, no, just, you know, I, I love your dumb genius head coach. <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> now, we're, yeah, our mentions going to get all screwy up there. Uh, all right, sweet. So the regular season's over. Um, why don't we let's uh, get to some other breaking news? Um, prime time. Deion Sanders. There was like reports that he was going to go to USF. Uh, there were reports that he could have went some other places, but why go there? When you could when be, you can go to Boulder. When I, yeah, uh, Boulder, Colorado. Deion Sanders comes in. You know they went. What they go twelve and zero or thirteen and zero this year? <laughs> they won the SWAC. The SWAC, pretty crappy league. Uh-huh. We'll see if he's able to translate. But I mean, he's done a really good job. Like, I thought you were talking about Colorado for a second. I thought you were making a joke, but no, Jackson State. They're really good. Yeah, in a bad league. Uh, now you're going to a really bad team in a good league. And what can you do? His, I don't know if you guys got to see his like speech to like, they're always, whenever he talks, someone's filming him, which I don't, I, I guess it's your, your Deion Sanders. Like that just happens. But his, his like basically meet the team speech is like, most of you suck. If you go to the portal, that's cool because I can just replace you with somebody else. Like it was a real rah, rah speech. I don't know if you saw that one, Dave. Yeah, no. And he even got them, <laughs> he even got them to chant. Like he got them to repeat after repeat after me, and I'm gonna go get people who are smart, smart, uh, hungry, hungry, like the whole thing. And he's getting all these guys who he just told to leave to chant about the guys who are gonna be coming in to replace them. Yeah, uh, which was cool. It was very cool. Um, look, all this. So first, I'm gonna say the hire itself. I'm a big fan. Yeah, big fan. I think Colorado did exactly what it needed to do, which was. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which was either hire a guy who's uh, running a gimmick offense, which is we, we've talked about, like get a guy who's going to run the triple option or some crazy air raid or whatever, or hire some guy who's going to energize the program, recruit the hell out of the job, so on and so forth. And I think Dion is much more the latter. Um, you could say his like personality is a little bit of a gimmick too, but much more the latter. Like he's going to come in and recruit the job. Um, that being said. A lot of this stuff is great if it works out. Like, if it works out, cutting a bunch of the guys from the roster and you go heavy on the transfer portal and you publicize all this as you're going because you're trying to attract new talent and all that kind of stuff, it's all great if it works out. But if if it doesn't quite, like, if you only... So the thing is, if you tell your entire roster, hey, get the hell out of here, and you also tell all your commits, hey, get the hell out of here, you really do put an onus on yourself in year one to fix that. Otherwise, you end up with the Chip Kelly situation at UCLA where you're, you're in a three-year rebuild. And I, I think while there is some patience among Colorado fans, for sure, because look at what they've been doing the last few years, 
there's a lot of money involved here. Um, they're paying Dion well over five million dollars a year. Yeah. Once Rick George pulls off a heist to come up with the money, <laughs> did you read that quote? Was, he it was, was trying it to was, figure I, out. I don't. I, we don't have the money yet, but we will. We will soon. Um. Anyway. Uh. I, I think I'm glad it's all. You pay you Thursday for a hamburger today or whatever. That <laughs> exactly. Uh. It's all great if it works out. Um. And I think I think it has a good chance of working out. Um. So I should say that. Like I think he's going to. If you can recruit at a high level at Jackson State, if you can get the number one, whatever it was, player in that class, Travis Hunter, yeah, um, then you can recruit at Colorado. He's going to be able to get some talent. It's just a question of how quickly is he going to be able to turn this thing around. Is he going to be able to do it USC light style, where yeah. he gets, you know, he's going to have his son come in, who's, um, you know, a lot of times I'm opposed to nepotism. You know that on this show. However, if your kid is actually the best player on the team, it's fine. Um, it's 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 when they're in that middle ground where it's not okay. Yeah. Uh, his son is a better quarterback than anyone Colorado had on roster. So that makes sense. He's going to bring Travis Hunter, more than likely. Uh, he's going to bring some of those players who he recruited at a high level to Jackson State who are absolutely power five level players. Yeah. And then it's a question of what can he acquire in the transfer portal? What can he do in high school recruiting immediately? And I think it's going to make a splash. Whether it's enough time, whether he's had enough time to make a huge splash, splash is the real question. Yeah, no, I listened to like the Cover Three guys, uh, you know, part of our CBS Sports Network, and like Bud Elliott. Yeah, you know, they 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 go into the stuff. I mean, they watch. It's not just they're watching the SEC and stuff. They're watching all these guys. And one of the things he was saying about the way he was able to build Jackson State is, yeah, you get a you know number one player in the country to come in and, and, you know, that's fine. Like, that's great. Like you can build some of that stuff, but a lot of it was sort of like cast offs from, uh, you know, power five programs, like the offensive line guys that came in and they were, you know, whatever, didn't have the grades or something. And he ends up taking them there. Um, and you can dominate a league like the SWAC, which isn't, you know, isn't very good. You know, how it can you, can that translate to, you know, being a Colorado? Like, are you getting, if someone that's, you know, you know, you get a transfer from some other power five program and bring them in and you can get them in Colorado. And the other thing, I guess I didn't realize this. Uh, and Bud, I think Bud was talking to Adam Munster Tiger. Colorado had a problem getting transfers in. Like, yeah. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know what the, I'd really heard about that. I didn't know what the like credits translating. Uh, okay. It was, it was a bureaucratic issue. Uh, okay. But there was a lot of, a lot of positive talk in the press conference by Rick George saying, we're getting that figured out too. Good. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you can't replace guys, we'll talk about Stanford in a little bit. Like you, this is just a new era. Like yesterday, we'll talk about the portal. Uh, it opened, you know, Monday, we're recording this on Tuesday and it was the craziest day. It probably like the first day of the portal is probably going to eclipse, you know, the first day of early signing, um, you know, that, you know, first Wednesday in February used to be yep. the biggest deal. Then it was the early signing period. Now it's probably portal day, you know, like that's, I think there was like 8,000 people, like some ridiculous amount of people going into the transfer portal. It's changing. Um, you know, you're going to change over like 60% of the quarterbacks in, in FBS. Um, it nuts, just nuts. And so that's something that you're going to have to, if you can't bring guys in, you can only lose guys. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to compete. I just don't know what Stanford's going to be able to do. The good thing, you know, Colorado is figuring it out, it sounds like, and they're going to try to fix this. But um, you can't not have the ability to bring in transfers when anyone on your roster can transfer for any reason at any time. Yeah, well, and especially, I mean, uh, he uh, 
Deion Sanders must know that they're going to be able to get in a bunch of transfers because he told He wouldn't come, yeah. Well, no. And he also told <laughs> the entire roster, anybody yeah. who's interested in leaving, leave because we got to make room. Yeah. And he said that to this – to his, I mean, a lot of these commitments are announcing that they're decommitting from Colorado because of what he's told them. So yeah. that's a lot of confidence, and I hope it works out because um, I think Colorado fans deserve it. I think it would be very cool if Deion Sanders comes in and just um, – absolutely turns that job around um and i'm hopeful uh you know me a long time long time buffs fan long time buffs fan uh one big thing that he did already okay and this is this is recruiting right here uh sean lewis the kent state head coach mm-hmm. the head coach of this kent state program he's been the head coach there for five mostly for kent state successful years is leaving kent state to go be the offensive coordinator for Deion sanders at Colorado. wow impressive yeah. yeah that's you don't see that too many times you no don't, you don't see that too often i think um we talked about this before if you removed Deion sanders's name like if he wasn't prime time and you would have looked at oh we're gonna hire a guy from the fcs level and bring him up he was a guy you would want to you know sometimes his name might have been a detriment where he's like oh he's like this you know whatever he's just he's just like a gimmick and it doesn't seem like he's been a gimmick as far as coaching goes. No, right? and I think, you know, there's an argument for the talent and all that kind of stuff, but you don't win uh, 23 of 25 games and all of your conference games on talent alone No, in two years. like that. And the fact that he just went and hired the head coach of another program who, by all accounts, runs a pretty good offense, um, I mean, that leads me to believe he at least understands the, you got to hire good coordinators, you got to hire good coaches, and you know, put in innovative schemes on both sides of the ball. So, and it shows that Colorado's, you know, the fact that you would have the money to do that. um, Yeah. You know, that's like, well, once Rick George pulls off the bank heist, whatever he's going to do, yeah. you know, it's going to be, he's going to assemble his crew. It's going to be, you know, oceans, something, (laughs) one of those, or like a fast and furious movie. Oh, just Rick George. Yeah. It's just like smash and grab. Not, not, Not like a, plan everything yeah i don't know if it's oceans i don't know if it's fast and furious all i know is rick george is leading the heist yeah all right uh we gotta talk about some bull bids bull bids you ready for this one i was born ready for okay we got uh oregon state beavers who are they playing they are playing (laughs) the university of florida number third number 14 oregon state and the srs distribution Las Vegas Bowl. You know, we have two Pac-12 Bowl games going on. Like basically, Am the I same not doing time. a sound effect for the Forty Gators? Oh, so just go because. Ahead. All right, sorry. Uh, you didn't know who they were playing, so I figured. Yeah, you were like uh, out what would a Gator do? Sort of a. Actually, I'll just do. Do 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 do. Go Gators! Do 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 do. Yeah, because that plays in my nightmares from the 2006 and 2007 Final Fours for UCLA. Ah, yes. Where they played Florida, and they just do Florida that. Florida was really good, though. They do that almost as incessantly as your uh, team that you cover plays that mm. stupid, awful song. Uh-huh. You know, the, this is the only song we know. So the Florida It's thing. boring and it's slow. But Florida does the do-do-do-do-do. Go Gators! Like and then the band constantly. goes, do-do-do-do. Obviously, that had a positive impact on you. Yeah, it really did. Nice. Uh, you want to talk more about this game or no? 
Uh, what do we have to say? Oregon State's going to beat that ass? It's uh, well, December 17th. So this is December 17th, 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. Time got changed to 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. It was originally 4.30. Yeah, why but did it Because there's ch- a Raiders game that same day. They had to change the time. So that's why we're going to have two Pac-12 games on December 17th going on at the exact same time. That's right. Because, like, literally, we don't need two Pac-12 games. That's right. On the West Coast, no, no, no less. That's right, baby. We're going to have to have two screens on December 17th to that, watch all of the Pac-12. That's right, baby. Yeah. Uh, Florida's pretty bad, but they beat Utah, <laughs> who won the Pac-12. So. But Oregon State is going to beat that ass. You think so? Yeah. All right. I don't even know. We're, we're going to do like the previews and stuff. We just want to kind of go over like, yeah, yeah. what's going no, on. Yeah, we'll do previews on those th- uh, probably the three games. Yeah. Uh, later, well, an hour later, that same day on December 17th, we've got Washington State Cougars taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs because <laughs> they're fucked up animals, right? <laughs> yes. yes. Um, uh, this is the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. Are you going to go to this one? I was going to before and I didn't, but I might. Yeah. Um, you should I, go. I just find it funny that it's like he's, I'm going to sponsor a bowl. So I'll say, um, just generally speaking uh, uninspiring bull slate in a lot of ways but these two first games i think are going to be both really fun fresno state won the mountain west yeah and washington state's a good quality team i think it's going to be fun to watch um oregon state florida is going to be fun to watch i think it'll be a fun day of football on the 17th yeah uh it's good and what usc played fresno state and won uh Oregon State, State played, played Fresno State, State and won. And you're like, in the beginning, you know, Jake Hayner gets hurt, and you're like, okay, they lose a few games. But he comes back. They win the, the conference. So mm-hmm. that's that's a good win for these uh, Pac-12 teams. All right, next up, we've got Oregon Ducks. The Oregon Ducks are taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, I'm just going to... <laughs> Heels. I'm dying in tar. Heels stuck in tar. Yeah, it's sort of like the dinosaurs. Like mm. they were just trying to walk around. I, I know it's all about like uh, they they stood like they had tar on their heels, but that's not fun. That's like a Revolutionary War thing. Yeah. It's very stupid. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oregon should beat the living hell out of them. Um, even with a hobbled bow Knicks, North Carolina is not good. This is the Holiday Bowl. Holiday Bowl. Holiday Bowl. Very good. Holiday Bowl. Nice. All right. Next up, we've got Washington Huskies. (laughs) Taking on the Texas Longhorns. What is that? Like a deer? It's like a deer. No, it's like a big cow. Is it? Cow? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Like a steer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deer. Fuck. (laughs) Move. Why do people listen to us? <laughs> Moo. <Move. laughs> the Longhorns. It's like a deer, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not a. I'm, I'm not a. Biologist. I'm the one hungover. I'm not a biologist. What the hell am I supposed to know? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's so funny. So this is actually a real gap in my knowledge, like animals at all. Like, my kids ask me about, like, different fish and shit, and I'm like, I have no idea. It's a fish. What are you talking about? Um, you should get one of those uh, Fisher-Price wheel things where you turn <laughs> no. it, you pull it. It's like, the duck goes quack, yeah, quack. Yeah. We can yeah. do a Pac-12 version of that. <laughs> Which animals lay eggs? I don't know. A dog? What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> 
Dogs lay. I've never seen a dog lay eggs, but <laughs> who knows? Could, I don't man. know. But yeah, a lot of them have them on the inside. Like humans have eggs; they're just on the inside. You know what I'm saying? Joe says, "Well, cows are basically slow, fat deer." So okay. Yeah. Fine. See, Joe's with me. But he also said it's a steer. LOL. So <laughs> yeah, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, hey, hey, I got something to look up. Hang on. We Texas look up. 2022 football season. I want to see something. Okay. Just real quick. So, all right, all right. All right. Well, no. So here's the thing. Sark has already eclipsed seven wins this year. Oh, okay. He's at eight. I think it would be uncomfortable if he went one more above that. Yeah. So there's no chance they're winning this game. Seven wins Sark is fine. You could could talk me into eight, but to go to nine would just be... No, that's... that's, Yeah, that's That's not going to happen. Yeah, that's... All right. It's gouche. Uh, I know where your travel plans are going to be for uh, New Year's Eve. UCLA Bruins. Taking on the Pittsburgh Panthers. With, Meow. Without Keaton Slovis, who's entered the portal. Yeah, that'll probably make him better. He was terrible. He was terrible. Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels both have entered the portal again. Yeah, yeah. They're both in the portal. So JT Daniels has now gone USC, Georgia, West Virginia, and then parts unknown. Keaton Slovis has gone USC, Pittsburgh, and now parts unknown. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Keaton Slovis, at least you know, former three star or whatever from Arizona. JT Daniels was like the number one player in the country or some crap. <sighs> crazy, wow. crazy the way things happen. Um, so this is the Sun Bowl. UCLA taking on Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is a uh, big shitty ACC school. UCLA should roll. Oh, all right, uh, I like that one. Let's see. We got uh, next up. Dude. USC Trojan. Dude, what the fuck is Tulane? Oh, the, the Green Wave. Okay. The Green Wave, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did this one. No, we did Green Flashes, didn't we? Who was Green? That was the Golden Flashes. The Kent State Golden Flashes. Who, so their head the, coach is now going to be the offensive yeah, coordinator yeah. of Colorado. So what is a Green Wave? All right. Uh, the Tulane Green Wave. I'm green. By the way, we have like angry Utah fans again in the chat now. I don't because of give you. a shit. You're an idiot genius, is what uh, A. Cortman 17. Well, that's said. just from me calling it a deer. Yeah. Which I think is fair. <laughs> Don't some deers have horns? Deers. I just said deers. Don't some deers have horns? Is a unicorn real? <laughs> In some context. <laughs> Are birds real? Um,. All right. Uh, anyway, this game is between two teams, uh, mm-hmm. one of which is a Power 5 school. The other one is a Group of 5 piece of crap. <laughs> I, I I don't know about this game yet. We'll have to hear about Caleb Williams' injury. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like this might be, you know, underwhelming time for USC, maybe a little bit. Mm. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Tulane's pretty good. Um, they are pretty good. Um you know, it depends. Brett Neal on their center is going to be out. Uh, he tore his Achilles in the, the championship game. We don't know about Andrew Voorhees, the, the offensive lineman that was out for the championship game, their best offensive lineman. So that could be banged up. You could have a backup quarterback. So, yeah, we don't we don't know. We'll have to kind of figure out what's going on there. But, yeah. And there's and all these bowls are going to be opt-out. Some people were pointing out uh, for Oregon State, like a whole bunch of Florida players have already opted out. Um, so, We'll yeah, see. and that's the thing is like I look at each one of these games, and the Pac-12 team seems like it would be much more motivated for the game. Each of these, except for USC Tulane. Yeah, like every other one, I look at it and say, 
The Pac-12 team is probably more excited about this one than the yeah opposition. Yeah, Tulane's probably more excited. It is still the Cotton Bowl. Like it's a New Year Six Bowl. Like the, we have two Pac-12 teams in New Year Six, which is good. I mean, it would have been had opportunity to maybe get more, uh, but you know, if the USC had made the playoffs and stuff. But that's uh, two that's in the New That's not the Six. way. That's not the way of the Pac-12. No, we don't want nice things. No. Um, and then last one we've got Utah Utes. Taking on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Roar. That's not a lion. That's sort of a bear, like a guttural bear. You got to sound a little more Nittany, you know. Uh, I could go really dark with Penn State, but I'm not going to. Yeah, don't. We don't need any of that. <laughs> Where are we got Utah fans upset? They're just like, meow. That's a lion. Yeah. It's a cat, but it's growling. You like it? That's good. That's in there. Okay. It's like a deer. Uh uh this is also on january 2nd uh right after the cotton bowl so you get to watch back to back back 12 action yeah us uh utah taking on penn state utah for an opportunity to win the rose bowl uh one of the last i think it is the last real rose bowl won't it be starting next uh, year or is it two no years yeah now? this is the last one because next year it'll be a semifinal. yeah and then after that expansion so Utah, I, I hope very much that Utah um, continues to beat that ass and beats that ass. I think they will. Yeah. Uh, apparently, most players are opting in for the game for Penn State. Uh, and it's, it's an opportunity. This is There's two Big Ten teams in the college football playoff. Uh, none in the Pac-12, obviously. But So both Michigan and Ohio State go to the playoff, meaning you go down to the third team. So this is a great opportunity to win the Rose Bowl, right? Yeah. Um, going last year was great. Ohio State had a bunch of opt-outs, but they still played really well. It was a back-and-forth game. Utah could have won that one for sure. Uh, now I got an opportunity uh, in the very last Rose Bowl, uh, like real kind of Rose Bowl. So Yeah, and this is a really good Penn State team. I think it could be you know, somewhat similar maybe to that uh, great Rose Bowl between USC and Penn State. That was a crazy one, yeah. yeah. Um, they've got some talent. They've got some ability, and Utah definitely does too, so it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, all right, so... We have to talk about the transfer portal. It opened up um, yesterday, or you know, was I guess for us it was uh, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Uh, midnight on the East Coast, uh, December 5th this year. It was just craziness. Um, what's been going on? There's like we mentioned earlier, like a, probably going to be the busiest, you know, most important day of the college football calendar. Who's going to the portal? Who's not? Um, Dave, I know you. There's a lot going on in the Pac-12. Um, you want to go over some of the, the yeah. notable names and stuff? Some of the big stuff that I noticed yesterday, and I'm sure there's some stuff. Out yeah, if there we miss anything, put it in the chat. Yeah, yeah put but, it in the chat. There's something big. But some of the big stuff, uh, Dorian Singer, Arizona's, for my money, best wide receiver this past year. Certainly their biggest deep threat. Um, he put his name in the portal. If you remember, Dorian Singer was the guy who got in a shoving match with Jaden Delora on the sideline in the middle of, I believe, the Washington State game. And now he's in the portal. And now he's in the portal. I, personally, don't think those two things are unrelated. I think they are, in fact, related. Conspiracy. I know. Um, On the good news front for Arizona, Jacob Cowing announced that he will be coming back for his, I think, final year of eligibility. Um, So that's good news and bad news. Um, Arizona's actually lost a little bit. Jed Fish said... This is the last year he's really expecting to turn over a bunch of guys. I think probably, you know, culture, like all that kind of stuff. Um, so some some weird names being thrown in there, including some starters. Yes. Uh, Stanford, I, 
why get into the details? They're losing basically their entire roster. Um, bunch of them will probably go to Pac-12 schools. I know UCLA is in the running for some of these guys. Um, and that's going to make it an even harder job for whoever takes over there. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't know. I mean, they might just hire Mike Bloomgren from Rice, which is just embracing the suck. Um, so that's bad. Uh, but Michael Penix is coming back. Back, baby. That's right. That's right. Um, but other than that, I mean, I didn't notice anything too huge in the portal news. I mean, some random linebackers from various schools. Um, but for the most part, I mean, guys you would have expected. Um, you know, Oregon State is obviously going to have to target a quarterback in the portal. So Holy no- cow. So Nolan put his name in. Um, and there's some national news. You know, JT Daniels going in the portal. You know, will Oregon State make another run at him? Um, who's going to make a run at, you know, our man DJ? Uh, from Clemson because um, there's going to be quarterback openings in the Pac-12. DJ hasn't been good at Clemson, but maybe change the scenery. Maybe people are still buying the talent. Who knows? Yeah. Um, He's had some good games. But yeah. they put in Klubnik or whatever, and they just, yeah, they start rolling. So Yeah, and then there's... Sometimes you just need to change the scenery, too. Like, we've seen... Well, that Clemson offense is bad. I mean, it's a bad, antiquated yeah. offense. So maybe in a better offense, he'd be pretty good. I just... Underlying stats kind of tell a story, and, and his have not been good. Um, so there's that. I mean, there's some other quarterbacks nationally, like Hudson Card, who've gone in. I don't know if any Pac-12 teams are going to be in the running for any of those guys. But um, certainly a lot of movement nationally. There is. It's just This is going to be silly, silly, silly season. And uh, just, you know, I, I whatever uh, you know uh, program you're a fan of, you're a Ute fan, go over to Ute Zone, you know, wherever you are. If you're a fan of the Beavers – Make sure to check out Beaver Blitz. Like all the Pac-12 uh, 24-7 sports uh, sites will be all over these and putting up content. This is a cr- kind of a crazy time for all of us that are producing content because there's just going to be guys that are entering the portal a lot. Now, sometimes it's some, like Dave said, the backup linebacker that never was going to play. And that's fine. They're, they're, that's going to happen. But there's also big-time guys that are going to be going into the portal. And uh, a lot of Pac-12 swapping, we've seen – um, you know, Oregon getting like a, a Christian Gonzalez from Colorado, you know, he's, he actually is going to opt out of the bowl game and uh, prepare for the NFL draft. But you get a stud corner like that from a, a Pac-12 program. I mean, it makes a big difference. USC got a couple big time running backs, you know, Travis Dye from Oregon, Austin Jones from Stanford. Like you're playing against your former teams in, in a lot of these cases. Um, I think we're going to see more Pac-12 movement. You know, the Jaden Delora going, you know, getting that emotional game against his old school in Washington State. And like Dave said, pushing one of your teammates on the sideline or get a fight with one of your own teammates who ends up transferring. Um, I'm curious to see just inner, you know, within the conference, what kind of transfers we're getting. Because it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and that was a huge thing with, um, you know, USC last year when they assembled an all-star team of, you know, other Pac-12 schools' best players. Is anybody going to be doing that again this year? I mean, it's going to be interesting to find out. I mean, USC is probably not going to be in the market as much, but I would think there's probably some upgrading to do on the defensive side of the ball. I think like you were saying with Jed Fish, they're sort of like early on, and maybe there was the first year not as much, but like that second year, there's a lot of turnover. You're changing the culture, and you're kind of getting rid of guys and then bringing new guys in. And I think that's what Lincoln Riley did year one. And then year two, there's probably still going to be some – cleaning out of the roster and then bringing some more guys in. But I think they're going to do more high school stuff. 
But there's going to be programs that are just going to go full on portal. And there's just not that much high school recruiting, just bringing guys that are already proven. Uh, there's one over here, like just up the freeway. Um, you know, they have different philosophy. Don't necessarily want to hi- recruit high school guys. You want to, you know, bring in guys from the portal, the yeah, yeah. Chip Kelly and, uh, and the Chip, Bruins. Chip Kelly, baby. Yeah. Uh, another extension in the works or not? No, quite. Okay, not, not yet. Not but yet. W- do you think there's going to be more um, high school recruiting for Chip Kelly? It seems like there's a little bit more emphasis. <sighs> yeah, they've been doing a little bit more. I would say right now, um, if I had to guess what the class is eventually going to look like, it'll probably be they have 12 commitments right now from high school guys. Okay. I think they'll probably get two or three more and then fill out the rest of the class with transfers. And I know they took away the 25 limit, so you can go a little bit above now. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they take, end up taking 10, 15 transfers, um, if they can find them. I mean, the thing is the transfer market, when Chip Kelly first started doing this, it was a little bit, people weren't quite sure what to do with it, but I think a lot of people have seen now what USC just did. Yeah. Um, what Ole Miss did, um, take a bunch of transfers. You might be able to be good very quickly. Colorado is going to be really active. Um, there, there's going to be some programs that are really, really active. So UCLA it's not just a thing to just show interest. You also need to be extremely active recruiting these guys, and that's been the bugaboo for UCLA for a long time. So if they can turn over you know, that leaf and put in that effort in transfer recruiting, which you know, I think they've done a better job of it than they did with high school recruiting, yeah. then maybe they can uh, you know, pull in you know, eight to ten impact guys and fill out some depth as well. All right. Well, why don't we take a break, come back uh, real quick, and uh... – yeah, I didn't mention it, but if you're watching us uh, simulcast on YouTube. It's not a simulcast. Simulcast on YouTube. Thank you very much. Uh, Podcast for Champions. We love doing that. And uh, if you're listening anywhere else, thank you for that. But we're going to take a quick break, come back, and answer your questions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back here on the POC. We got a voicemail. Did we? Yep. Let me play it for you. Please. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Perk. Uh, actually, Perk, not Brad in Portland or the Zodiac Killer that thinks I'm a Cal fan for whatever reason. Um, anyway, the question I had for you guys this week is uh, just kind of looking at how things shaped out for the Pac-12 this season in football. Uh, I know they still have the issue with the team not making the playoffs, but um, given how much respect the conference team to get uh, and how many teams they had in the top five uh, or excuse me, top 25. Um, just kind of how the top middle of the conference really seemed to, to kind of elevate this year. I was wondering uh, if they had this kind of run for the last 
um, three or four years or so, do you guys feel that the um, the fate of the conference changes in any way with USC and UCLA staying, or do you think uh, that there was really nothing that could have been done um, in that sense? Anyway, thanks, guys. That's a really good question. Thanks, Perk. It's a really, really good question. I, perk. I do think if the Pac-12... So I think a lot of people bought into the idea that the Pac-12 was non-competitive in like this axiomatic circular reasoning way, which is they're not competitive, so they're never going to be competitive, right. or they're not competitive, and so the conference is perpetually down and forever. And it's just, it was, they they kind of walked into the worst downstretch for the conference basically ever, um, and it was five straight years of it, and... Um, that combination, I did think, I do think, played a huge role in USC and UCLA um, doing that because I think it was affecting other stuff too. I mean, I think the reality is that I think TV revenues probably would have been higher if the Pac-12 was consistently in the playoff. If a USC was in the playoff or Oregon was in the playoff year after year, they probably could have negotiated a better deal because even though it doesn't make a whole lot of sense from like a eyeballs perspective. Uh, they would have had more juice, and I think that matters to um, the networks and all that kind of stuff. So, I do think there's some th- there's some you know reality to that that if the Pac-12 had you know, and basically if UCLA and USC had held up their end of the bargain for the last I don't know twenty years, we'd, we'd be having an entirely different conversation. Yeah, but it's that funny tweet that I retweeted, which is uh, UCLA and USC. Uh, make a mess of the apartment and then say, "All right, good luck, guys. See you later," because <laughs> that's what happened. I mean they they didn't hold up their end. You know, yeah. the LA schools need to not only provide a lot of the revenue, they need to not only provide a lot of the recruiting base, but they also need to provide the wins, and they weren't doing that. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, if USC was good or UCLA was good, that would have helped the Pac-12 and maybe made it stronger. And then maybe they wouldn't want to leave, but. They weren't strong, and then the rest of the conference wasn't able to hold, you know, stay together. And and you know, the, the playoff drought's crazy. You just can't have stuff like that. And so the perception was there. But this year, like, it probably would have changed your your thought process with six teams ranked in the top seventeen or whatever. Um, pretty impressive, you know. But this, I think, a lot of this is Larry Scott's doing, like the parody thing. Like it was just like, hey, I'm like everyone good. Um, I'm not saying George Klyovkov came in and, and made people better at the top, but you just needed people to be good at the top. You needed a bunch of people to be better and crush the oops, sorry, crush the t- the well, lower so, teams uh, for a little while, and then they'll get better. And someone, you know, Colorado will come it's back. Not Larry Scott's fault that the top of the league sucked, but he focused on he focused no, 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 on parity. That was his talking point. Yeah, but like he didn't have an actual material impact on whether or not USC, Oregon, and Washington mentally were good. you're there like parity. <laughs> Parody, everybody beat everybody like, else. Parody is not the reason USC maintained Clay Helton as their head coach. True. That but, was just dumb shit. But there would always be like, like, well, let's help Oregon when they get to play Washington on a bye or the short. You know, there was all these things that just sort of like, well, this will help Stanford beat Oregon, but this will help Oregon beat I, Washington. I think when you look back at it, like when everyone looks back at the demise of the Pac-12, they'll see a problem, which is first, um, the marquee program had an absolute dunce as their head coach. Clay Helton for mm. way too many years. I thought you were a big fan of his. I am. But like when I'm talking real, I'll, I'll talk real. <laughs> um, they had a dunce. Um, Washington fucked up the Chris Peterson succession plan. Uh, Oregon, Pretty badly. Oregon, to be fair, they got out of it fast, but well, they screwed and, it up. And I bad. think when we look back at Mario Cristobal, if you look at what he's doing at Miami, crazy. Mm. Um, because Oregon was the top recruiting program 
and they weren't able to capitalize on that for that period. Like they weren't able to make a playoff. They won some Rose Bowls. They won, you know, they won the conference, but they weren't able to break yeah. it into the playoff because they weren't an elite on-field product because they had a bad head coach who was bad at managing games, bad at hiring some coordinators, um, bad at deciding on an offense. You know, that ground and pound crap. I mean, look at what Kenny Dillingham did that this year at Oregon with much the same roster aside from Bo Nix. It, it didn't need to be like that. But you look at all that. Then you look at UCLA, which um, had a period right at the beginning of the decade where uh, Jim Mora came in, energized the program, had him like basically what you expect UCLA to perpetually be if you look at historical stuff, you know, in the conversation for the conference each year um, with some real talent capable of winning a bunch of games. Right. Um, and then they screwed up that succession plan, too. Um, and that's not their fault. But Chip Kelly didn't, he, you know, didn't end up being that guy. Um, no. And so it's just I think when you look back on it, it's just going to be these hires that are made and these hires that are maintained um, that didn't actually further the records of their programs or the conference in general. And those are the marquee programs. And so you've got Utah doing its thing, but it's not making the playoff um, because it's you know, as good as Utah is, there's still a team that's going to be out-talented by Florida. Like, that's going to happen. Um, but those programs that can recruit at that level and not performing, Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, that's where the problem is. And yeah. um, they just haven't held up their end. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got some. So there's some emails, but we have, like, some tiebreakers and stuff. Uh I Where think do we start? Charlie might be the first one. More sickos podcast material. Oh no, I think it's even further than that. You think? I think so. Uh, okay, hang on, hang on, I everybody. Do, I can do Charlie's if you want. Did we get another voicemail? Because it looks like Zodiac Killer had a voicemail, but it didn't get transcribed. Oh, uh, I'll I'll look that up. You, here, you... It's like three minutes, but yeah, go take a look at it. Okay. Um, uh, Shane's tiebreaker. Uh, we have a lot of stuff. I will. There's yeah. also a gone another voicemail. It looks like did Gonzo I, Dog. Okay, I'll look for that. But uh, did, I, did we not mention the survival pool? So I, I apologize if we did not. So we had uh, Ryan was our winner who made it through all twelve weeks. We did a tiebreaker. I think there was like ten or so people that were tied uh, that all had to pick Colorado at the very end. We asked them to pick the winner of the Pac-12 championship game. And then the total score uh, number, we only had two people pick Utah. So those are our two winners. We're, they're both going to get jockey gift cards. I have a $100 gift card that will go out to uh, Hoosier Ute. Um, so he said he can finally start wearing underwear. So thank you, Hoosier Ute. Um, but he had the he had the final score, he, a total of 71. I think it was 70 or something. Like, he was off by like one. Nice. Uh, and then um, Christian also uh, is... Came in third, also picked Utah. And I have a, we have a gift card, and it could be 50 or it could be 100. I don't know. It's a mystery. He said he likes mysteries. So uh, congrats to Christian and Hoosier Ute for they're going to win uh, some jockey gift cards. So go buy some underwear. Excellent. I will read uh, Charlie's email. Okay. All right. So more sickos podcast material. Hey guys, I thought of this a week late. So just pretend the Pac 12 title game hasn't happened yet. Instead of using stupid tiebreakers to determine USC's opponent in the Pac-12 title game, we should have used the Pac-12 title belt concept. Each time the holder loses, the ball gets passed to the team that beat them. The belt gets passed to the team that beat them. If we had Utah start 2022 with the belt, it goes like this, assuming the Rose Bowl loss to Ohio State doesn't count because that'd be boring. Utah passes the belt to Florida in week one. Great start. 
Florida loses to Kentucky in week two. Kentucky loses to Ole Miss in week five. Ole Miss loses to LSU in week eight. And LSU loses to Texas A&M in week 13, making the Aggies USC's rightful Pac-12 title opponent. Let me know what you think. Peace. That'd be fun. <laughs> the belt. I like it. It would make for a very boring game. I don't know if you've watched Texas A&M play football. But oh, my God. Whew, that's a tough one. Uh, but interesting concept, Charlie. I like it. I do. Uh, here's the, the, the other voicemail I grabbed. Hey, podcast of champions. This is Gonzo Dog. Go Huskies. Uh, in your last podcast, you had uh, been looking for ideas for the Zodiac Killer to sing <laughs> as far as songs for uh, the, the Shaw departure. And um, I felt inspired to leave you guys one myself. So this is uh, The Gambler by Kenny Rogers. In the interest of time, I'm only going to sing part of the chorus. But uh, here it goes. <clears throat> you got to know when to run up. Know when to gun em, when know when to tight and screen, when when to punt. You never count the yardage. When you're staring at a fourth down, there'll be time enough for figuring that when the kicking's done. That was wow. awesome. That was really good. Also, he's, got, like, he's got a voice. Way higher quality. You, we don't both don't like soccer. Apparently, the game that was going on, the World Cup, was like nil nil. Someone put that in the chat. But they talk about quality. Like, oh, that was quality. That was, quali- that was quality. That was, that was quality. quality. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, that was a great touch. I don't know. Yeah, that was a. And it's just like kind of mic drop at the end. He like, left it all on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a text message. Yeah. Jordan. Hey, Jordan here. Just got finished watching the Pac-12 championship game. Just wondering if Ryan puts his foot in David's mouth and vice versa, or if you both prefer a taste to the taste of your own. What are we putting our foot in our mouth for? I don't know. I think it's going to get to that with the rest of this. Okay. Comfortable win for Utah. Go Utes. Back-to-back Pac-12 champs. P.S. I wish I could have made the meetup in Vegas maybe next year. Thanks for the subpar pod that I definitely will not miss during the offseason. I picked Utah to win the championship from the beginning of the season. I don't know, is that what he's th- – You did stop, though. You did pick somebody else the week of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're picking against the spread for that. Like, the we're going to go over, but like, U- our USC picks. But USC was favored. USC was favored, yeah. Yeah, so you picked, you picked USC to win the – I did. Yeah. Well, in that one game, but the yeah. beginning of the season. Uh-huh. We were giving the UT love the whole time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Foot in your mouth, Ryan. All right, this <laughs> well, is from – Who did you pick? <laughs> this is from Coach B in San Diego. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. Uh, hey, David and Ryan. Wild season, and congrats to Utah for winning. Congrats to Caleb Williams for a probable Heisman. To be honest, I was hoping Utah would win and make it to the college football playoff at the start of the season. That being said, I got my hopes up that the pack would send someone finally, but it looks like that won't happen this year. Looking forward to the pack going bowling, but sad we don't get a shot at the title for the conference. After losing CIF in the finals and now seeing two Big Ten teams getting into the CFP, probably, I am just a bit bummed. Do you have a positive spin for the Conference of Champions to hang their hat on for the regular season? I know this show is mostly two sassy queens spilling the tea, but, <laughs> but I could use a bit of West Coast football love right about now. Coach B in San Diego, go Beavs. A um, couple of sassy queens, that's us. Um, yeah. Hey, the Beavs did what they had to do. Like, they beat Boise, they beat Fresno. Like, yep. if you're Utah, you got to beat Florida. Like, that changed everything. Um, I talked about that at the beginning and they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like it mattered. Frickin' mattered. Um, yeah. So I think you got to win those out of conference games 
they kind of carry, you know, the, the Oregon win over Ohio State carried Oregon into the top three or whatever early on until they lost to Stanford. Um, those are the ones you got to win. Those are important. The bowl games, not as much, but it's good. You know, you don't want to go like 0 for 7 in bowl games. Like what were the, what was the record? Like the one year, like Pac-12 hadn't won a bowl game for like a couple of years at one point, right? Like it was yeah, pretty yeah, but bad. But the Florida game didn't matter for Utah. I mean, they lost, wanna, they lost to UCLA and they lost to Oregon. Yeah, but there's the percept like if you want to talk about the, the perception doesn't matter. TBH. I was hoping Utah would win and make it to the CFB at the CFP at the start of the season. Well, you lose to Florida, you're not making that. Like you want to be in the Oh my god. Oregon wasn't Did in the you watch this past season? Did you yeah. watch it? Yeah. Because if Utah had lost that game but beat Oregon and UCLA, they would have made the playoff. Right. But that's a that's fine. You just can't lose the game that you should, like the out of conference game that you should win. No, it wasn't Georgia. Don't lose by forty something to Georgia. They and lost don't lose by, to a terrible. They lost Florida. by three at Florida, and Florida right. is bad. They're not. Bad. They're not great, but they're not like the worst team in college football. It's not that bad. They would have been it's, in the playoff if they had won out. But you then no one's ever won the whole. The, has all the any? Has anyone made the playoff with two losses? No. No. But you want your loss to be like at Oregon. It doesn't matter. You don't want your loss it, to be it, at it, Florida. It fundamentally it does, does it not does matter. Because it does not matter what your one loss. It's really was. hard to go through the Pac-12 undefeated. If like you, you don't want, want to go into the Pac-12 season knowing you have to run the table to make the playoff. Like that's not USC, what you want. USC, with you and me playing defense, just mm-hmm. came within a point of going undefeated into the title game. Yeah. With you and me playing defense, but it's they not, still did it. It's not that hard, and there is it's fa- never happened. There is favorable scheduling. Like yeah. USC had really favorable scheduling, and they lost one game by a point because they didn't have to play Oregon, they didn't have to play US, uh, play Washington. Yeah, um, but Utah, like they they needed to take care of business, and they didn't because they weren't quite good enough. But that's the again, it's it's it sounds a little axiomatic, but it's just the teams weren't good enough. You know, USC wasn't good enough this year because they got beat twice by Utah. Yeah, who also wasn't good enough. Um, but I guess my point would be for like the Pac-12 thing in general, the top six teams were were, were all pretty good. Um, there are, yeah. and I I think if you're if you're looking for Pac-12 hope, I mean, at different points in the season, it looked like uh, UCLA had potential to be a playoff team. USC obviously had potential to be a playoff team. Uh, Oregon had potential to be a playoff team. Washington doesn't lose at ASU. The the Pac-12 title game is a playing game for the playoff. Yeah. Um because they would have been in it against USC. So there there was they came within a hair's breadth of of making it. Um and so I don't I, I think uh you know there've been years where the Pac-12 has been really bad. Last year one of them. Very bad. Uh but this year the Pac-12 was legitimately good. Um or at least you know uh comparable to Big 10. Um so I think uh yeah it's not that not that far off this year. Yeah. We got a upset Utah fan, I think, sent a series of text messages. I wasn't at the game. Did Caleb leave in a wheelchair? Because that's what the announcers made it seem like. Um, S-E-A-M. Uh, this hardly met, They hardly mentioned that Cam had been hurt for weeks. They were too busy, busy circle-jerking to Caleb. Okay, so... Uh, and then he put the... How many times did Utah lose? And he put up, like, you, Caleb Williams and... Uh, Lincoln Riley putting up the fight on thing, so that's how many times it lost I don't know Utah. if people are being legitimate with the not thinking Caleb Williams was hurt in this game thing. I don't know if they're doing that or if they're just mad at him because he had fuck Utah on his fingernails. But whatever. 
I, I, did you guys not watch him play at any other point this year? Because yeah. that was a different guy. Like, he couldn't move. And if you didn't watch him play, that's fine. You're casual. It's cool. But the reality is that was a very different player who had obviously either mildly or severely pulled his hamstring. Um, and he was running like me. Like, when he went, <laughs> when he ran for that one first down after he was, like, very clearly and obviously hurt, like, I, I don't – do you people not know what you're looking at? Like, you don't run like that if you're – I, I I don't know. Like, if you took the like pregame bullshit out of it, like the fingernails and everything, that was impressive as hell. Because uh, I've pulled my hamstring. That's about how you'd look if you were still trying to compete in an athletic endeavor while pulling your hamstring, and it doesn't feel good. And you're opening yourself up to a ton of hits, which he did that entire second half. And so I don't know. Separate the two ideas. You don't like him because he, you know. Put that on his fingernails. That's fine. That's that's all sports stuff. You can be. I think some that. of it is more that they feel like Utah fans feel like that this was taking away from the win because Caleb Williams was hurt. But so they're. Fa- I don't get the faking injury thing. Like that was happening mid game, and I'm you're, like, you're I don't up know. seventeen to three. Like I'm going to fake an injury now because I don't feel like this is going the like, right. Go way. Go back and watch the fifty nine yard run and <laughs> and compare it to any run he had this year because he he like clearly started limping yeah. when he was running down the sideline because he'd pulled his hamstring. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not here to defend USC. That's not my thing. No, here. no. And it wasn't uh, during the, Joe's put it during the slide. No, it wasn't during the slide. He slid because he could have just run out of bounds, but he was hurt during the run and went down awkwardly. Yeah, like, you know, if you notice, like it's, it's like two Utah players racing to catch up with him and he's beaten them for a little while. And then it's like his, Again, like he pulled his hamstring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he can't run very fast anymore, and so to protect himself, he slides. But he had already pulled it at that point. But yeah. But um, we had talked about Cam Rising being injured. Like That's why Utah wasn't playing that well. That's why they went on the road, and you know he didn't play in the, the Washington State game. And Bernard, was it Bernard, I think, came in, and, and they ended up winning that. Like That's something they've been talking about. But Cam Rising looked completely healthy in that game, which was great. We had I didn't expect that. I didn't expect to see 100% rising. But he was back for this game. No, and um, well, and here's the thing I'd say about Cam Rising. Also, not 100, percent and he played a hell of a game. Yeah, um, I, I, he was a I, lot better just, than what we had seen. It's yeah. a weird insecurity thing because, like, I think you can hold you can hold several thoughts in your mind and become like me, a philosopher king. Um, uh, Caleb Williams got hurt and it affected the game. Utah still beat that ass. Probably still would have beaten that ass. Uh, they they ran the ball way better than USC was ever going to run the ball in that game. And if you want to know kind of the the tale of a game, if you can run for over 200 yards on your opponent and they can't run for more than 100, you're probably going to win a lot of football games. You will. Um, so I think Utah was the better team that day, and it helped that Caleb Williams got hurt. That's it. Yeah, that's fair. It's not, you know, don't look at it. You won the Pac-12. Don't be um, – the insecure. it seems like there's a lot of insecurity going on about what the perception is or whatever. Like, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. And he got hurt in the first quarter. It definitely made – it makes a difference. But Utah was the better team for sure. So I don't know yeah. what you got. Okay. Uh, I just uh, – one last – I just hate that, like, it gets too into, like, the, the individuals because you watch Cam Rising play. You watch Caleb Williams play. Both just tough as shit guys. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just absolutely taking rocking hits all game, going out there when they're hurt. Cam Rising – Helmet got blown off his head. Got absolutely blown off. He just grabs his helmet, tries to put it back on, and go back into the game. That was like, an insane I would have, hit. I would have had to be stretchered off the fucking field. <laughs> yeah, but no. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Um, and Caleb Williams, uh, you know, tears his hamstring or whatever, pulls it. Who knows? 
um, and then plays the rest of the game completely immobile and getting rocked over and over again by your very strong and burly and tough uh, Utah defenders. Like, I, I don't know how you walk away from that and say, wow, that was that was impressive. You know, yeah, he said fuck Utah on his fingernails before the game, but that, did, guy, that guy's the a same tough guy. Thing, he did the same thing to Notre Dame, and because they won the game, nobody gave a shit. Yeah. You know? Well, and he did UCLA, too. I mean, it's it was his thing pregame. Yeah. And whatever. Who cares? I didn't uh, even know he did it for UCLA. He did. He had it on his fingernails. Um, but, like, uh, Utah, you've got Cam Rising, who's, again, tough as hell, going out there hurt. And he played hurt for, what was it, three weeks before this game? Yeah. Um, and took a bunch of hits that he probably wouldn't have if he wasn't playing hurt. Um, you know, Bo Nix going in there and, and playing hurt. Again, also on one leg. Again, also running the ball in situations where he probably shouldn't be asked to running the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a way to be for your team, but also, you know, acknowledge that that was a that was a gutty performance. Yeah. Uh, you want to do the, your next one, I think. Sure. Right? All right. Uh, do the songs. Yes. Um, okay. You didn't help us by making this uh, something I have to do, Chad. Shaw songs for the Zodiac Killer. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Scar Tissue. Scar Tissue that I wish you Shaw. Sarcastic Mr. David Shaw. I wave goodbye to me and Shaw because with the birds I'll share. Really mediocre effort because all you did was replace Saw with Shaw and all and all these things with Shaw, but you didn't actually change any of the uh, other stuff. Um, Lady Gaga, Bad Romance. Ra ra David Shaw, Roma David Shaw, Shaw Shaw, ooh la la. I kind of like that. It's simple enough. Yeah, but again, it's you're not doing anything. Okay, yeah, okay, it. yeah. Uh, Judas Priest breaking the law, breaking the Shaw, breaking the Shaw. Um, the Clash. I fought the law. I fought the Shaw. Okay. And the Shaw won. Literally yeah, but, just the but literally just putting it in there. Yeah. Um, and Shaw definitely didn't win. Did you watch Stanford this year? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Rebel Alliance Strikes. Uh, Dear Rave at Dryan. We've had a couple of people like kind yeah, of change. They we love had, it. They changed their names a little bit. Uh, was that a version of parody I saw in the Pac-12 championship game? Utah is the second or third best team in the pack. SC is loaded with five-star transfers from all over the country. So they should be able to beat some band of miscreants from desert from the desert to, uh, despite their injuries. Uh, we all know it's hard to destroy the Death Star. Our best hope is they move to another galaxy. Go Cougs and Utes, Mike in Oakland. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 They didn't get five stars on the defensive side, to be fair. No. They, got, they got Caleb Williams. <laughs> no, that defense. He, he made a huge difference. <laughs> that defense could use some upgrading. Yeah, they did not have those guys. Uh, this is from Fred in Sarasota. The quote that sums it up. Is this quote true? After the USC loss, it seems so. The Pac-12 will always do what is the worst thing for the Pac-12. Bill Walton. You're the Bill Walton expert. Is that quote true? I don't know. I mean, it's not like a Pac-12 thing. It's, uh, you know, again, it's what we said pregame. If USC wins that game, they're good enough. And if they lose for a second time to Utah, they weren't good enough. And they lost definitively, convincingly, by 23 points. Yeah. They just weren't good enough. Yeah. It's fine. But there were a lot of teams that were really good this year, so I don't want that to take away from it. Yeah, six you didn't teams. Have a, you didn't have a team that was good enough for the playoffs, but you had six teams that were pretty damn good. That's and a good I would, step. And know? I would stack up against uh, the top six for a lot of leagues. Yeah, I like it. Uh, who would you pick from Greg? If you had to pick one Pac-12 team completely healthy to have the best chance of beating Georgia at home, who would you pick? 
Is it Georgia? Well, I guess it doesn't matter. Georgia at home. So this takes into account the, account the home crowd, too. So maybe it's say Atlanta, like where, but this is like Georgia's so third game. So we saw Atlanta. Oregon, Georgia. However, the Oregon that we saw soon after that was very different from the Oregon that we saw against Georgia. Would you take them again against Georgia, completely healthy, at home, in Autzen? Autzen does swing some things. I was thinking at home meant at on the road to Georgia, but you're, you're saying this is at home. I think at home, like at the home stadium. If you take them at Georgia, I don't think you're taking anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta take, if you got to take somebody. So I would say you're either going to go, you want as much home field as you can get. Um, Salt Lake? Salt Lake would be a potential one. Even like Corvallis, heck, I don't know. Corvallis would get weird. That would be very weird, but I don't think they have the talent. Yeah. I think Oregon, again, even though we saw the 49-3, I think you take them at home midseason. Might be different. Yeah. Like, but if you want someone to score, like, you want a Caleb Williams, you want something like that, like, their defense is so bad, Well, the, 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 the thing is, like, I, mean, I think defense if you too. give a fully healthy Caleb Williams, there's always the chance, because it's just puncher's chance at that he point, that he it. just dominates a game, scores six touchdowns, and does it. Like, you know, Johnny Manziel style versus Alabama. Yeah. Um, but it would be fun to see like Georgia go into Rice Eccles. That would be fun. Actually, let's schedule that. I want to see that. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Utah in Rice Eccles. Nice. All right. Uh, I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah. With the other two, were like the uh, the gift cards I have to mail. Okay. Are you going to be doing any of those mailing of the gift cards? Or I, I'm, I'm, I'll take care of that this time. I don't. Uh, I don't know what gift cards you're talking about. And frankly, I wasn't allowed to participate in the thing except it, it, even though, even though I was still alive. I'm undefeated in the survivor pool. I just didn't pick this week. No, you you lost the last week. I didn't week. put it in. I didn't I didn't put but it you in. Lost any the, you already I lost. Email. Kind of we all knew, we know who you picked. You picked USC, so you would have been out of the yeah, running. Yeah, but too. I could have been number two. No, you would have been number I didn't put it in. You could have been four. I didn't put it into an email. Yeah. You put it yeah, it's in our doc. You picked USC. Bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but great stuff. Thanks everyone uh for coming in. We're gonna get out of here. Um, yeah, so what we're going to do, we'll cover the portal. We got early signing period coming up. I think we'll do a, we'll definitely do, uh, previews for all of the bowl games. There's kind of a group, the mid December group. And then there's like the later group. We have like 10 days off between bowl games. I think from the like 19th to the 29th. So we'll do the early bowl games previews and then we'll do the later bowl games previews, but also we'll go over our full season picks, which I don't think we end up doing last year, but I think it's something we should do because we do pick all the games going in, what we thought everyone's record would be. And uh, we we're pretty close on a lot of these teams and, you know, off on some other ones. So uh, it'll be good to kind of go back and how we thought the season would go and how it ended up going preseason picks and all that kind of fun stuff. So we'll get to all that. Uh, keep sending in your questions. Please keep leaving us uh, five-star reviews. That does help to grow the show. Anything else, David, you got? I have nothing else I'm spent. I promise Ryan will be less hungover next show. I can't promise that. I promise it. You do? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, perfect. I'm sending Ryan to detox. <laughs> Maybe I need that. Charity. Charity. charity it's golf for tournament. charity. It's for charity. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, so that's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.